0: You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host Ken Vellante. Editor and producer Peter Bauer.
1: This is Ken Vellante with Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I am so pleased to have Nancy Hauser Bloom. Uh, who is um, an author, a speech language practitioner, a thinker, a blogger, <laughs> an explorer. So she seemed to have the, uh, the best attributes to uh, come onto the podcast. Nancy, uh, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm very excited to be here.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you uh, as as a guest. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, right off the bat, um, you have different talents. You've done different things. But the the first question is, uh, were you were you an artist? Were you a creator when you were born?
0: You know, I think my knee jerk reaction when I thought that might be a question was probably no. <laughs> but because I don't it took me a long time to consider myself creative. Um, but I was always a writer, always a journaler, always um, writing some little thing. Um, loved words, and I surrounded myself with people, and you know, that were very creative from my the traditional point of view. Good artists, you know that type of thing. And so I was always measuring with that bar. But because I was always um, writing and drawing a little bit, I was thinking about that I was really good at drawing trees, which seems, you know, when I that came into my head. Today, as I was thinking about that, I thought, that's coincidental. I mean, lots of people draw trees well, but I felt like that was my one little gift, you know, If we had to draw something spontaneously. So I think I always liked to create creativity. But writing was the way I found my voice, because I didn't necessarily grow, grow up feeling like I just, you know, communicated my ideas well to people. And it was through writing that I did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, I appreciate you saying that. And of course, as we get into it, um, there are, you know, uh, you know, what I would say, wonderful and deep components connected to trees and to nature, you know, that that that, that come about, you um, uh, in your book that, that we'll mm-hmm. discuss, um, uh, in hearing you mention that, you know, would be drawn to drawing, you know, trees when you were younger, really kind of that, that like that <laughs> question when you discover it's like, I did draw 200 like <laughs> sketches of that tree. And maybe there was something, <laughs> there, was
0: some, there was
1: something beyond drawing me, uh, drawn me, uh, to it. So I, I mentioned the book and I think it's I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a book junkie. Um, I, 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 recently moved and moved all my books. And, um, uh, one of the things I said to somebody who was by me, I said, Hey, look, as, as you get older, your obsessions, including books, keep, can keep compiling and they can keep <laughs> aggregating. And, um, the amount of books I had was a testament to, uh, to obsession. So bottom <laughs> line, bottom line, I, I enjoy books and you've written a uh, whispers uh, for Terra, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and put out, uh, that book and you said you have you've journaled, but let's, let's, let's talk about a, a book. Let's talk about the book. Um, okay. you know, you, you set that out as a, you set that out and said, Hey, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to write this book. Um what was going on? Why did you feel the need to do that? And what was that process like moving from journaling or or shorter writing to a more extensive book project?
0: Yeah, it was um fairly daunting for me because I had never really entertained the idea of writing a book. I just always told myself I couldn't do that. I didn't have a story and I never thought I could write dialogue. And I took a um, online writing class during one of my spring breaks and several different speakers, you know, an hour long a day. And throughout that process, I um, realized, I was like, maybe I do have a story in me because I was able to jot down enough ideas. And um, then one of those speakers serendipitously um, Sage Adderley came through with an email and said, "Hey, I'm offering this idea to outline course that's free, and then I'm out offering ni- um, Book in 90, where you write your first draft in 90 days." And I was like, "You know, why not? You know, let's give this a shot." So um, I was I was pretty amazed actually with things that flowed onto the paper, and it was really sitting down and doing that outline. Um, to start with, even though it wasn't very well-defined, you know, but it, I had enough ideas and there was a Neil Gaiman book, um, Gaiman, I'm not sure how we say his name. I've, American heard it, Gods. I've heard his name
1: pronounced both ways. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: He, in the intro to American Gods, he um, made a statement that he had all these little snippets of ideas from some from dreams, some from just ideas. And he was like, how do I put these all into one book? And they just magically did. And that was kind of the way mine got started was I wanted something to do with nature and earth. And I wanted a speech pathologist in there because we often are misunderstood in what we do in our careers. And um, so I just knew I had these things I wanted to bring in. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great to hear about how you're able to, to, to pull it in uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, one of the pieces of the, of the show that is that has come up that I'm deeply interested in personally, um, but also, you know, what it does for anybody who encounters it is just the general idea of uh, healing or connection to nature. Um, mm-hmm. You know, during the course of the pandemic, what's happened for me is I, I, I walk a lot more, a lot mm-hmm. more, and I go into mm-hmm. the woods more or more deliberately a, as I can. Um can you talk about that? I, I've had a, a guest or two talk about, um, you know, uh, forest bathing, immersion within the forest, uh, mm-hmm. cleansing in a spiritual and emotional way. Can you can you get into those pieces for you personally and, and within the story of what's going on? What catharsis? What's going on by going into the woods uh, for you, for the character, for uh. For you,
0: you know, I um, I grew up loving um, nature. My dad and I would take a lot of walks, and we lived pretty rurally. I always um, saw creatures, little creatures in our garden, and imagined, you know, that the things were alive that were in there. Um, so I've just always enjoyed being out in nature. A lot of camping in my life, and. Um, I feel a peacefulness that, um, you know, and a clarity when I'm out in the woods. And, you know, for my character, Mary, it's where she finds respite from, you know, just a hectic, somewhat life that she feels dismay over. And um, so for me, the woods just always bring... A sense of calm, and I have to really—I recently did um, a forest bathing experience, and. I was talking with some people about how amazing that was, because especially, I don't know if it's everywhere, but de- definitely out here in Colorado, you know, we're always hiking to get to, you know, we do 14 and we do power sort of yeah. um, hikes and that type of thing it's, and never stopping to look around and in the forest bathing experience. If we walked a half mile in two hours, I'd be shocked. I think it was more like a quarter mile. and. We sat by the river for a long time, and we listened, and used all the five senses. And I really have made a point of trying to build more of that into my life. Um, after doing that, because it's, it's, you know, I've always seen faces and that sort of thing in trees. I've always noticed things, but I feel like recently things I see more life. You know, I drive by trees and I feel like, wow, they're glowing more than they used to. So I feel like I'm waking up to nature after writing yeah. my book, you know, because some of it was fantasy.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of it was like the talking part. But Well, and I think with the, you know, I think within that, you know, which is which, I think that's part of the magic or the mystery. I've had guests on talking about that experience and, mm-hmm. you know, and what what is actually in there and how you as um as a person are experiencing right with greater realization um, right mm-hmm. i know uh, had an interview with zoe presley who does tours and integrates uh, psychology and such into the um the, the the forest bathing experience and for listeners forest bathing experience in general is the the idea of, uh, you know, physically going into uh, the forest or connecting with nature, even a small component of nature. And as Nancy had said, using your senses for a more immersive uh, contact mm-hmm. <laughs> with the world, I guess, is the general um, uh, summary. So um, mm-hmm. th- thank you for your thoughts on that, Nancy. Um, uh there's another component that I I wanted to get in like towards the beginning and chatting with you is, is, is your professional, professional work. Um, As we had a brief discussion, I work with, you know, different type of workers um, in, 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 in the work that I do professionally. And I just wondering if you could kind of give listeners a little bit of a sense to something they might not come in contact with as much as the, the practice of, uh, a speech and language uh, practitioner and mm-hmm. um, just some of that work that you've done, because I know when I mentioned that to folks outside of, say, maybe the education or K-12 system, it's not quite clear some of the things. It's not a job that's that well-known. So I was wondering if you could make a few comments on that component of what you do.
0: <laughs> yeah, just stop me when I go on to run. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, speech pathology, I don't. it's been... Um, a wonderful field for me. You know, I've, d- I've done it for 40 years and I've never been bored with it. And I worked in healthcare for 20 years. And then, what? and I worked in clinics, I worked with all age groups, but um, 10 years I specialized in the skilled nursing facilities. And, you know, which really did draw a lot of the stories from just, you know, bulk of experiences, 10 years in that, you know, that I, um, inserted, you know, into the book, but it's really about communication and, you know, it morphs into other things, but they all really relate back to communication, whether it's working with um, patients with dementia or with neurological diseases or um, helping people with their voice quality, um, you know, the gender of voices and, you um, helping people be the best communicators that they can within whatever limits they have, um, whatever resources they have, you know, there's augmentative communication where people use devices to communicate. Um, There's, and then you get into the school age population and, you know, notoriously we're known for working on S and R sounds and it's so much broader than that. And, you know, it's working as much as, with executive functioning skills as well, all those things that go into the way we think, the critical thinking skills, in order to be able to convey deeper, more expansive sort of thoughts and um, social communication. There's so many, um, you know, many speech pathologists have written lists and lists and lists, and they do wordles about all the things that we work on. But it really boils back down to the power of communication and helping give that, you know, the best that people can do, give them that ability.
1: Yeah. Um, on, and thank you. And thank you for that work. I've become more, uh, attuned personally, at least in creating to the, you know, within a podcast, you know, primarily audio and, um, thinking about that, thinking about the sound Mm -hmm. of the voice, as opposed to, you know, my, my deep love and fascination is, you know, uh, movies or games, integration of, of of video and sound. But I found with the podcast, I've been able to think more about just the sound of the human mm-hmm. voice. And so um, I'm deeply curious, and in, 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 it was very helpful to hear your description in, in getting into that of how fundamental that is. And, mm-hmm. you know, to help people along, to be able to say and, and communicate and express, that's kind of, I don't know, sometimes it feels like that's kind of like the main thing we're always trying to do, right?
0: Well, you know, I think it is, you know, it um, it is a, a gift. And it's interesting for me now to be thinking about how so much of nature communicates with one another and the similarities in like the underground network of you know mycelium and that sort of thing and how it parallels to our own brain you know interfacing and the internet and all of those that it's um you know in some ways we're just an extension of the communication network of what there is you know already existing in nature we learned it much later than nature did
1: I, I don't i don't know exactly what the answers are but i might share a belief we might share a belief that i think they're going to be found in the woods i don't know what they are as we ask these big <laughs> questions but i think the location of where we may encounter them uh, would be would be the woods okay mm-hmm. uh nancy we're speaking with nancy house or bloom um she's done a book uh a, a very good book uh and and um uh, a very unique book, um, uh, "Whispers for Terra," and um, one of the things, uh, Nancy, as you know, we're going to kind of uh, delve into a couple bigger um, conceptual questions and, and, and talk mm-hmm. about art. I'm in the show. I'm always interested in creation, how things are created, you know, why they created, what they're supposed to do for us humans. But um, I wanted to ask you the the, the big question. Um, in creation uh, or creating things is about art. I want to ask you, what what is, what is art?
0: You know, for me, I think it, it is the inner expression, the inner feelings of what people have that they need to express outwardly, you know, is what, you know, I believe art is, you know, I think that it's um, something that needs to be shared. They People feel a real, um, they feel compelled to share it in, in some form. And it's a reflection of our own self and our beliefs. And I think it's part of the reason that artists can feel so vulnerable when they put it out there, because it's really, um, I find a reflection of something that they care deeply about, feel deeply. And so it is, there's so many different ways that it can be manifested, demonstrated, but it's always something from inside the artist that they want to express. So communicate.
1: Yeah, communicate, communicate. (laughs) Yeah, such. A, a thank you, thank you for that. And and I think it anticipates. And I, I never want to answer the question for you, but I ask a you know an attendant question to what is art is about. What is its role? Mm-hmm. What does it do? For, what is what is it? What does it do for us? You mentioned communication, but what what's what's art supposed to do for us as humans? Why do we need it around us?
0: Well, I think it shows us. It can amaze us. I think it gives us a level of. Um, amazement of our our world. It helps us consider things that we might not be considering. I think it can be um, a common ground for many people when you're standing and looking at a Van Gogh or something and some, there's somebody next to you you don't know. You don't know their beliefs. You don't know their politics. You don't know anything, but it's common ground at that moment in time. Yeah. You have a commonality. And I think art can really bring people together and provide insights that people haven't thought about, look at things in a different perspective, a different angle than what they had before.
1: Yeah, I I I appreciate that too. I was talking recently about like, you know, I, I'm a components of like Uh, you know, gaming, the art that goes into video games, the immersive experience Mm -hmm. and how you can have, I'm not trying to like build it up to something that it's not, but just the idea of as, as, you know, people interact or players interact, there is some cross-cultural, you know, uh, contact and communication Mm -hmm. of the thing that you're doing sports. Sometimes people say sports do that. You're playing the same sport together. You don't know the language or, like you said when you're if you're in a front of a van Gogh and your draw your jaws drop like a quarter, and the person next to you their jaws drop like a quarter, like you're like, "Oh my god, they' i yeah, it's like you're trying to explain <laughs> it, but like that person's like in a very similar space than I am right now, right. Being like, what mm-hmm. the hell like am I looking at? How does that make sense why how does this exist you know mm-hmm. right and,
0: yeah. And, so it can definitely shift our thinking, you know, about people. It can shift our thinking about, you know, anything going on in the world. You know, it. Um, I think art is very important. And, you know, I think it's sad anytime you think about that it's not that, Sometimes due to budgets, it could get removed, you know, from the schools, any of the arts, the music, any of that, you know, because I think it gives an avenue to people to express things that maybe they're not expressing in a traditional manner. So, um, yeah,
1: I think um, yeah. I think and in, in sometimes when um, when I see an integrated idea of like within teaching or education, where art is where art is, uh, you know, integrated and in what it does for the brain. I was having a conversation with um, an artist and talking about bringing art or like the idea of bringing art into organizing or labor organizing for Mm -hmm. him. It's such a weird idea because he's like, it's the constituent property. Like art is the constituent property of how we educate, of how we organize, of creating things to pull people together and, there's something where we've got kind of lost or there's not enough art that we're trying to like impose it from the outside and be like, where's the art in here where he sort of is more foundational, um, of an art art artful way of looking at teaching, um, mm-hmm. or, or, or education and you know, as a professional educator, um, you know, and in in, 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 with the speech and language, um, the creativity in the art that goes into that. We start to think a little bit more um, expansively. Nancy, I want to jump back yeah. again here, um, back to sometimes it's viewed a little bit more of another origin question, but it, uh, there, there's a personal uh, aspect in your blogging and what you create and what you talk about. What I wanted to ask you is um, who or what made you who you are?
0: Um I think I would have to start with um my family, my family life growing up. You know, we had just kind of a typical middle class family and but it was a um we had lots of good rituals and routines and you know, we weren't like a leave it to beaver family or anything like that, but you know, it was a a pretty um easygoing family and we had family drama but we were all you know pretty close and you know had relatives and other close friends so i think it gave me a space to explore and think um about things where people that you know are not as lucky and they have more um they live in you know poverty or they live in, you know, wondering where their next meal is coming from, or they have trauma in their life, you know, they are, they're in survival mode. And I think I was able to grow up looking around, you know, I didn't, was not a big dreamer. Um, I didn't have that sort of life, but I did feel like it afforded me the opportunity to look around and explore, kind of be in my head, you know, a good amount of time. And then I, um, You know, I dedicated my book to all those people who say those incidental things to you along the way that just give you that glimmer of hope. So when things are not good, you can repeat that. I remember when that teacher said this to me or something like that. There's so many instances of those that we hold on to through those difficult times. I think that definitely helped shape me. And then to set me on the path for communication, it was... um, a te- I, communication 101, you know, in college, I had a teacher named Dave Fredericks, um, and he really challenged us about, I grew up in this Gidget mindset of um, communication, you know, where there was always something not said. If you just asked the question, you could have found out what that person was thinking, but it was kind of the mind reading mode um, that if they care about you, if they know you, they're going to know what you're thinking or feeling. And and so I had this incident, incident where the teacher had, another teacher had given us such a hard test that everybody either got a D or failed it. And we were all, you know, like ruffled and he wanted yeah. us to fail and he didn't, you know. But this teacher was telling us, You don't know what you're, that guy is thinking until you go and ask him. And he challenged another classmate and I to go talk to the teacher. Um, and he was a wonderful man. We knew that, but we thought he really wanted us to fail. And he was so devastated by our coming to him and saying that because he said, I I teach because I love it. I want to teach geography to people. I want them to learn. And I was was astounded because I was like, I was so sure that I knew what he was thinking. And I didn't. And that just blew my communication style out of the water, I think. And so that was probably one of the most instrumental that set me on the path of, and it took years, Really, to keep developing that skill and to get past my gadget mindset, but I feel like I I know now that if if I really want to know what somebody's thinking, I have to ask them, and that was really an instrumental point in my life.
1: So yeah, I I gosh, I love that, I I love that story. I I, I do, yeah, and I think um you 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 mentioned just kind of some of those incidents are something that seems somebody said in passing that, mm-hmm. that kind of never went away. I think, uh, sometimes within, uh, education, I always love that statement. Um, I've seen it here or there and, and it's, uh, you know, a picture of a kid and it said, you know, my teacher said I was, I was smart. So I was,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like yeah. words and communication, how, when somebody says, Hey, this is what I see. And they might not even be thinking that much of it. It's just a reality for them. And you hear it and you're like, I didn't know I was that until that person <laughs> said that. Oh. I, I didn't know that I stuck out in that way or anything, you know, it, right. it's pretty special, right?
0: Yes, definitely. I think it's a critical, it's one of the, I don't know, the best things, you know, that teachers do is give belief you know, in oneself to to their students. And so it's very instrumental when, you know, what teachers, teachers' words, you know, teach words matter, you know, that teachers' words really matter to their kids. So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a different question, Nancy, that it, it's been uh, knocking around in my brain a little bit. I didn't tell you what it was, but I think you'll have a quick... <laughs> I hope you have okay. a quick answer, but um, <laughs> like I said, I, anytime my I, books are around, I can, as a book junkie, I I, I can jump into things. But I was wondering, um, as a creator, you're starting to write, you're running into some trouble uh, here or there. You're like, how the heck do I write? Did you did you in your mind uh, think of, of of a writer or a technique or go back to some if you got stuck to say, you know, think of other writers because writers are always thinking of other writers. Did you ever, how'd you get, if you got stuck or got caught somewhere, did you, did you rely on something in your head to kind of pull you
0: back? You know, probably not so much in my head, but one of the things that was brought up in the writers group I was in was not to be a lone wolf. And I was someone that, um, you know, I'm someone that I feel like if I was a good writer, I should be able to just write it all by myself. I don't have to consult or, you know, I knew I had to research, but um, I should just know what to do. And, you know, some of the best things were conversations with some friends and with my husband. And I was saying, I don't know how to make this tree <laughs> alive, you know, and and we would just have a glass of wine and we'd discuss it and we'd brainstorm and um you know, his whole family is really super creative. And I have friends that would say, I think you need something whimsical in there. And, you know, so for me with the writing, and then when I'd get stuck, I would go out for a bike ride or walk my dog. And um, I would just get in, you know, ask kind of ask myself that question, you know, how, what, what should Mary do next to though? How should she respond to that? And um and then I would come up with an answer. So some of it was a little serendipitous, but some of it was really reaching out and being open to feedback from other people yeah. and other people's ideas. It was kind of a um, that was a real learning thing for me to be able to reach out and say, "Hey, I'm stuck here. What what do you think?" And sometimes I'd use the ideas, and sometimes they just spurred another great idea. So,
1: well, it's a great it's a great step, and I, I know I know how. I think it would feel clumsy to most anybody, you know, making that step and being like, Hey, what does this look like? Or, or reaching mm-hmm. out. And I can say for myself personally, that, that, that's a big step. And I think a lot of folks who create when, when they've done that, I know when I've been around an environment, um, in, in, in getting that energy or feedback or being in the environment where you're like this, this would work or this wouldn't work. There's this, mm-hmm. you know, verve to it that, uh, that, that, can help you pull you through so right um mm-hmm. i'm going uh, to th- thank you thank you for that um so uh again we're talking about Nancy Hauser Bloom um uh writer uh, works speech and language uh, communication communication mm-hmm. overall trying to um uh communicate Nancy, as you know, on this question, uh, there's some some big questions, and and the biggest the biggest one, which uh, I have to ask, is can you tell me why there's something rather than nothing? Um, you know,
0: I when it's in my book, I feel like the book is something rather than nothing because it does bring up raise up some real issues about our Earth, but. I believe like in life in general is something rather than nothing, but I have a personal belief in um, an afterlife that we probably don't, we don't know what it's gonna look like, but I kind of believe in reincarnation. And I believe what we do in this life, the things we say, the brings we we don't know what things are important. And so we may as well treat life like most things are important. And that in some way what we do will come will be used later on and that um we will benefit from just being good people in the world and being so i think being good is something rather than nothing
1: yeah thank you so much thank you so from so much for that answer i wanted to ask you um I feel like sometimes when i've I've had guests on there's there's always a lot more we can go you know into the deeper ecological um, environmental you know concerns of the of the, mm-hmm. of the, of the age that we that that we live in. And I one of the things that I found and I just wanted some some comments from you is is, is that I feel and a lot of folks that I'm around feel. That, like, on an environment in general, we're screwed, number one. Two, we can unscrew ourselves, maybe, but looking around other people, people then hang their head again and being like, well, (laughs) you know, like, you know, like the what we do at, at, at this moment. You know, since, you know, the woods... And the environment you know in in your writing your for yourself is, is is so you know deeply important and vital, and I share that as well what I mean what do you what do you what are your thoughts on what we're trying to protect on you know the the ability to go into the woods and for them to be you know the woods for us and for us to care for them and protect them
0: Well, I feel like everybody. If you pick one thing, there are, and I bring this up in the book and, you know, I got it from other research I had done that there's so many things out there that need to be done. Um, So many tacks we could take in trying to improve our world, our climate change. And if everybody latched on to, and really took on a charge with some aspect of it, we'd be moving things forward. You know, whether it's it's the soil or whether it is the water or the plastics or whatever, you know, the multitude of things that there are. And it can feel overwhelming and defeating because it's like, you know, that game where you bop something on the head and it goes down,
1: you know, and and it pops up
0: somewhere else. Yes. Yes. It's like that. It feels like it's, you know, insurmountable. But if everybody really stayed moving forward with whatever they aspect of the earth, they they take on i think things would because there's so much life we don't know about in the ocean and you know then there's you know the atmosphere and you know our the woods for me and for many people you know provide so much um they give as much as we get you know we get so much from them but they give us so much more emotionally health-wise everything so i would love more people to take the importance of that on and i think it's happening To some degree, you know, I just love when I hear about New York City having gardens on rooftops and that type of thing, because I feel like, you know, all of those things can come together to make a bigger difference, but it sounds insurmountable. And we have maybe gone too far, you know, to ever be able to go back to square one, but, you know, with things, but I think with awareness and the more books that and more information that's out there that raises awareness, every, We might do what art does and impact and shift some thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your comments. And I I know it's a it's a monster of 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 an issue, but um, Mm -hmm. I do appreciate your thoughts on it, because, like I said, the, the premise, I think, of of our conversation was how important that can be the psychology of humans or a connection mm-hmm. or a certain harmony, um, you know, that we're able to get from that. And, uh, right. you know, maybe that space can help, you know, protect it too, by going into that mm-hmm. space and clearing our head. Um, all right. So, so Nancy um, in, in finishing up here, what I wanted to ask you is um, you got the book out, um, mm-hmm. you you do uh, you do other projects and journal and stuff so how how can folks find you know what you're doing find the book uh, learn about you know maybe they learn a little bit about uh, speech and language or in communication where do folks go to find you
0: um I have a website nancyhauserbloom.com and um the blog is called minderings i love blended words minderings is a place for the wandering of your mind Um, so that's the blog and the website and my email is n.hauserbloom at gmail.com so any of those the books on amazon it's in bookstores any i really want to put a a shout out to um because I live rurally, so I do a lot of online ordering, but, you know, indie bookstores, um, are such a delight and any bookstore can order the book. So, and I guess I should say, cause a lot of people confuse Tara with like T-A-R-A, like from, you know, Gone with the Wind and Tara is T-E-R-R-A. So just
1: for Tara. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. And I'm glad folks will be able to, uh, uh, to, 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 to find your wonderful book and that that is generally available. And of course, however you, you know, choose to purchase it, but, uh, mm-hmm, this is an indie course. podcast and I have spent, uh, a decent mm-hmm. percentage of my life in indie bookstores and indie comic bookstores. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there is that, uh, the, the, the best place probably, um, right. to find, um, uh, Nancy, I wanted to, to thank you so much for for coming on to the show. Um, I, uh, as you could hear in the questions I asked, there are different components of what you do and what you think about that 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 help me, and I think can help listeners kind of think about the issues um, uh, that 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 we talk about. But um, thank you for creating, and thank you for taking the risks that you have. You know, there's, it's clear. You know, any artist takes risks, but I know you've had the to, to take some, to, to put this out there. And thank you for taking those. Cause you know, that gets us to this conversation and, and kind of like looking at things uh, more deeply. So I wanted to thank you um, uh, deeply uh, for, for coming out to the podcast.
0: And I want to thank you for having me and, you know, taking a chance because I am new to this, you know, arena, but, and I also really appreciate the work you do on a day-to-day basis, you know, with, Helping people in the schools and that sort of thing, because you know we need we need friends, <laughs> we need yeah. supporters, and and people that you know really try to raise up the importance of what people in the school systems do. So we appreciate your work too.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. I know there's um, you know there's there's, there's you can you can always put more into you can always put more effort. I mean, working people, no matter what you mm-hmm. do, working people. It wasn't easy before the pandemic, it isn't easier right. during the pandemic, and, uh, <laughs> so so I'll keep plugging away and, and, and okay. you, do li- <laughs> you, do, you do likewise. Um, Nancy, House, or Bloom in their uh, book, uh, Whispers for Terror, which you can find uh, in or order um, uh, online or get through uh, your local bookstore. Um, thanks again, Nancy, for coming on and, um, I certainly look to look for, uh, hope to look and see more art from you coming soon.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. Bye. This is Something Rather Than Nothing.